Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are Today's message, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, and, and we'll jump into this. It's titled, Licensed to be Free. And you're probably like, what the heck? But that's what it's titled, and it's going to be a, a, a somewhat of a study or whatnot when we, um, when we jump into the text of 2 Corinthians. And as you guys congratulated yourselves um, on being here on a long weekend, think about what this weekend is. And, and just it's a long weekend. Amen to that. Many of you guys, how many of you have a day off tomorrow? How many of you guys have a day off? Oh, okay, good. Sorry for... Let's pray for the ones that didn't raise their hand. I know they're like, why'd you do that? All right. But it's a long weekend. For many, it's a free day, a day of burgers and hot dogs and pool and beach, salt water, chlorine, whatever you decide. I, I'm a chlorine guy. Um, but whatever you, whatever you like, whatever you're going to do with your family. And, and tomorrow really is a reward, isn't it? For you guys that got the day off, isn't tomorrow just a blessing? I mean, it is. It's a blessing. But I want you to remember this. That that reward, that blessing, it comes with a cost. There was a price for that blessing, was there not? There was a sacrifice for that reward. So we have the day off tomorrow. We're going to barbecue maybe. We're going to just stay home, watch movies. I know they have, I forgot what marathon they have running tomorrow. And we're going to go in the pool, go to the beach or whatever it is, whatever the weather permits us to do. But never forget that there was a sacrifice in order to enjoy, to enjoy a day like tomorrow or a weekend like this weekend with our families and friends. And if it wasn't for some, we'd never have that freedom that we celebrate tomorrow. We never have it, the liberty that we celebrate tomorrow. For some of us, for some of us, we can speak the same way of certain people in our lives. How many of you right now, as we're, as we're just talking, and, and, and today's going to be like this, it's going to be more of a study, and we're just going to talk through this stuff. But how many of you could think right now, people, key people in your life, from maybe even from childhood to now, that you could think of that are super influential in where you're at today in your life? Dude, I can name them right now. Without even thinking, I'll be like, I'll just throw them out. That if it wasn't for certain people, I don't know if I'd be here exactly right now. Because God used those certain people in my life. I'll never forget this. Um, one of the greatest honors was when I was working with the youth, uh, and I was a youth pastor in, in my young 20s. And, um, and a young man who's still part of one of our churches down south um, at the way, he told me when he was a senior in high school, he was a basketball player. And it was a senior night. And on senior night, they recognize the seniors. They stand in half court. They call their name out. And they were supposed to go uh, with their parents. The parents walk with them or the father walks with them. And they stand and they have a basketball with their like, signature on it. Thank you for the support. And they give that gift to the person that is there with them saying, I'm a senior and I thank you. And I remember he said, hey, can I talk to you one, one day after service? And I said, absolutely. And he said, you know, um, I'm not too involved. My family's are, mind you, he's what, I don't know, 17 years old, whatever. He says, I'm not... Um, my family's not that involved in my life. The only person in my life that has kind of been a father to me and someone who has spoken into my life like in a way that no one else has ever spoken into me has been you. And this upcoming week is senior night. Would you be willing to go to my basketball game and walk to half court with me and um, just be there by my side? I don't want to be alone because I consider you my father more than my father is. My mouth, I just went. 
I almost want to say, no way, I will never do that. Call your dad. And t- then I, I noticed, I was like, wow, I, I didn't even know my times with you, doing life with you, talking with you, preaching in front of you. It had such an impact. And I bet in our lives, we have people like that in our lives, don't we? If you don't, welcome home. Let this be a place where this could be a place where people speak like that into your life. If you don't have that, you need that in your life. You need that. You need that. And we could speak of the same way about these certain people. If it weren't for them, for, for their sacrifice, we wouldn't receive certain rewards, certain blessings that we have today. Pastor Leo preaches here a lot. One day it was a youth service. He was my youth pastor. And I was 19, 18, 18 years old. And I was in the back of the service. And I remember worship was so thick that day. I was in tears and I was in my knees. I was a young kid, zealous for God. And one day he laid hands on me and he says, Lord, anoint him. Lord, make him. And and he shared a, a, a prophetic word. And I remember I held on to that. I believe his influence, his prayers, his advice over my life. I'm able to celebrate who I am today because of someone like even Pastor Leo in my life. You guys see that? And that's so important. Some who have, those individuals who have paid the way, who have given to us, who have poured into us, that today we get to celebrate. One day your son will say that about you guys. That's amazing. And you know what's crazy about this? That is so true when it comes to Jesus. When it comes to Christ, how true is this? I'll give you a verse that many of you probably already know as soon as I say it. It's Romans 5.8. In Romans 5.8 it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ sacrificed. Christ gave for us. He did for us. He, he gave for us so that we could receive a reward when we did not even deserve, deserve that reward. Does everyone see that in that passage? It's, it's the sacrifice even in Christ of one. Listen to what I'm about to tell you and you can write this down. The sacrifice of one brought forth the liberty for many. Brought forth freedom of many. And if it wasn't for the sacrifice of one who is Christ Jesus our Lord, we wouldn't experience the liberty and the freedom that we have because of that sacrifice that is found in Jesus Christ. That's amazing. In Galatians chapter 5, 1, Paul tells the church this. He Look what he tells them. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. How many of you could say amen? Not many? All right. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. A powerful passage this is. One, one uh, Eugene Peterson, he says it this way. Christ has set us free to live a free life. Did you just catch that? Hey, why has Christ set you free? To live a free life. <laughs> to no longer be in prison. To no longer be in chains. To no longer be in slavery. So when, I, when anyone asks you, hey, um, why has Christ set you free? So that you can what? Live a free life. Christ has set me free to live a free life. So so he says here, take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Hey, you know what always wows me out? Those kids in Disney World. Have you seen them? They're like the harness and the long rope. And they're walking. And it's cute. They put a little turtle in the back. 
And when they get too far, the parent just yanks them and they're like, whoa. And they have a harness on, but they have freedom for a certain amount of feet. But after a certain amount of feet, mom and dad pull that sucker back. And the harness, and he recognizes, I thought I was free. I was thinking about doing it and doing a Tito and having him walk every once in a while and just yank it. But, but I didn't do it. He thinks he's free and he's walking. I'm free. I'm going to get away from mom and dad. And as he thinks he's free, mom and dad have to know you're not. You're still a slave to us. And they pull the child back in. And I remember always saying, I don't agree with that. That's almost child abuse. Who are those parents? That's so weird. And then I became a dad. <laughs> and I'm like, I need one of those things. I got to put it on my son because I'm, I go crazy. I go to the parks with him and I'm nuts. And, you know, you, I have to do this because I'm looking through the feet of the people to see if I can see my son. In the middle of the parks. I know now why parents put the harness on their kids. It's, it's so that they could bring them back. Hey, you've, you've gotten too free. So I got to remind you that you're not actually free. That however old you think, you little two, three, four year old going on 30, you still belong home with mom and dad. And I started to think about that. And I said, well, you know what? Satan and even our own flesh has a way of doing that with us where it, 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 we have this, this, oh yeah, well, I'm free. I'm free. Uh, and then Christ, you know, we start to follow the Lord and we think we do and we give parts to the Lord, to God. And every once in a while when we think we're there, Satan just pulls us back and says, no, you're not. I still have the harness of slavery on you. You're entangled still. But when we come to Christ, he cuts that off. He liberates us from that harness. Then now we don't have to be yoked back into the pattern of this world of sin, of our flesh, or of the enemy. Then now we could go forward and say, I could actually keep going. In Christ Jesus who has set me free. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you as we get ready to jump into 2 Corinthians. And that's what Paul is telling the church. Stand fast. Look what he says. Hold on to. Be rooted in. Everyone say stand fast. That was good. Say a little bit better. Stand fast. Everyone say hold on to. And everyone say be rooted in. That's what Paul is saying. Everyone say now in what? Here it is. In the liberty in which Christ has made us free. In the liberty in which Christ has made us free. Don't, it's crazy, right? Don't let go of your freedom in Jesus. You know how many people go to live free in Jesus but then go back into bondage? Hey, put the harness back on me. Why? Because I like to be told what to do. No, you're free in Jesus. Yeah, but there is this security when I'm in my sin and doing what everyone else does. No, you're free. Take the harness off. Many people, Christ rips the harness off, but later on in their lives, they jump right back into it. No, I, I liked it better. Moses, take us back to Egypt to where the harness was on. No, you're free now. You're free. In Christ, listen to this now, we've been liberated from sin and its penalty. You should know this. This is... This is truth that in Christ we have been liberated from sin and its penalty, which is death. How many of you could say amen? Because once your penalty was death, but now you received freedom in Christ Jesus. That's crazy. That we now live in freedom in the spirit. This is so important, these two, these two sentences. Ready? We now live in freedom in the spirit whose reward is eternal life, glory in Christ. Rather, here's the second sentence, 
rather than bound in sin slavery, whose reward is actually a penalty of death, which is hell, fire. That's crazy. And this is the reason in which Paul tells the church this. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's why Paul tells that to the church. And I look at that and I say, that's right, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And I say, right, and I ask you, right, is that right? I mean, it's biblical, is it right? So then here's my statement. If the spirit of the Lord lives in us, then there is a liberty, a freedom that flows from us. There's a liberty and a freedom that flows from us. The freedom that flows from us, that we no longer need to be bound or we no longer have to be similar to the world's patterns. Do you remember when you were without Christ, but yet you were like everyone else in sin? And Christ has radically rocked your life. And maybe you're not there yet, but you're in the, you're, you're, you're sure on your way, like we shared last week. And God has just radically just done a work in you. And you're like, man, I didn't even do these things. God just started to change me. And I don't even know how it started to happen. I wonder if any of you have ever experienced that. Maybe you're sitting here like, I long for that. Well, guess what? That's good. You're at a good place if you long for that. Keep longing for it. Don't lose that longing for that. But now, I'm no longer bound or similar to those patterns. Because we now live in a liberty. Listen to how I'm playing with this. Because it's, 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 it's the words of, of Paul here. Because now we stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free. What does that mean? That we recognize that Christ has set us free in order for us to finally live free. To live a free life. So here's my message. That was my introduction. And before we jump into 2 Corinthians 3, I need you to define this. In the Greek... The word liberty or the word freedom, whichever translation you're reading from, it either says liberty or freedom. The word liberty or freedom there in the Greek, it literally means this, license. License. Being given a license. But I love in one of the ways that it defines it. It says this, true liberty is living as we should, not as we please. That's a great definition of licensed of liberty. Because we think, oh, we're free, so I do what I want. And God's like, no, in your freedom, you do what you need to do, what you should. And, and I believe that comes with understanding his grace. Okay, you see, a grace that doesn't license us to keep sinning. Paul answers that. Do I continue to sin so that grace may abound? What does he say? Some of your translations actually says heck no. If you have that, that street translation, it says heck no. But certainly not. Certainly not, he says. So it's a grace that doesn't license us to keep sinning. But listen, God's grace is a grace that transforms us to live holy lives. And that's what grace does. Another word for grace or, or definition, unmerited favor. When we get something that we don't deserve, we should then what? Live unto the one who is worthy and deserves it all. So as we jump into 2 Corinthians 3 and we look at this word liberty and we understand this liberty by understanding his grace. Let's read the, the letter of Paul here um, to the church of Corinth. And we're going to start from the end. We're actually going to start from 16, 17, and 18. And then we're going to jump up to verse 7, 8, 9, 10 and go down from there. Everyone with me? All right, turn to verse uh, 16. Give me an amen once you're there. We're going to read it and talk about it. Amen, amen. 
Let's go to 16, 2 Corinthians 3. Look at what it says here. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So when someone comes to Christ, the, the, the veil is taken away. I, I like this passage, and I think it's amazing. I actually wrote in my notes, amazing. And the reason why it's amazing is because look what it's saying here. That in the Lord, there is no more, there is no more separation. Did you catch that? What is a veil? Think about a bride when she comes down. The old school weddings. I know no one does that anymore. But the older weddings, they, they would wear a veil. They come down and they would take off the veil. And she's giving herself to the husband. And he would give her that kiss. That veil was a separation. Taking off that veil is now we are one. So when you look at Paul's letter to the church, he says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, does the veil stay on? Yes or no, church? No. But when you are in Christ now, a veil is taken from you. That's, that's good because now there is not a separation. It's been taken away. All You could say this, actually. All separation is taken away. Say it. Okay, good. Remember when Jesus died on the cross? What was torn? The veil was torn. Why? You just said it. All what? All separation was taken away. Let's keep reading before I just go into verse 16. For the Lord is the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Verse 18. So all of us who have had the veil removed. How many of you have had the veil removed, right? Can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Did you notice? The ones whose veils have been removed can now what? See and what? What do you think happens to the ones whose veils are not removed? There's... There's a separation. And maybe you're sitting here like, what's my problem? I'm trying to get there, but I can't. And we're answering it. As we're speaking context here, we're answering it. The answer is there is a veil. There is a separation between you and God. And if you come to Christ, that separation is removed. And now you can see more clearly. And now you'll be able to reflect that in which you see. That's what Paul is saying. That's what he's saying right here. For all of us, had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us, look what he says here, more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Thank God that not only do I see and reflect, but I'm also what? Being what? Sanctified. I'm being transformed. Into what? What, what is Paul saying you and I, the believer in Christ, are being transformed into? You should answer this correctly. It's on the screen probably. Into his what image? Glorious, glorious image. How many of you have ever felt shame? I have. Shame. You've gone from shame to glory. That's what Christ is doing. How many of you, I don't know, what's another word? Rotten? How many of you have ever felt rotten? From rottenness to glory. How many of you have ever felt lost? From lost to glory. How many of you felt confused? You see what I'm saying here? So when we look at this text here, it's so rich in truth. It's rich. It, it keeps on. And he says we're going to be changed, transformed into a glorious image. And, and I wrote this in my notes and I want to share with you that we now have liberty. Remember the definition of liberty? We now have a what? License. A license. I'll, I'll share with you a story just for a story's sake. But don't lose, the, don't lose the scripture in the midst of the story. I got my license. I got so excited. Forgive me. I got my car. I got so excited. And it was the, I thought I was it. I made it. Mind you, it was a Toyota Corolla 89 hatchback. 
um, that leaked water. Remember that white car that I, I used to remember? I stick everyone in it. It used to leak water when it rained in the inside. People in my passenger seat would have to sit sideways because they would get soaked on their jeans. You always knew when someone took a ride when it rained on the way to school or if we went to church, you'd go because they had a nice wet mark right on their right thigh. If I wanted to beep the horn, I would put the volume of my car all the way up, beep the horn, because the horn would sound inside the speakers. You could not hear my horn outside the car. Weird. <laughs> this is a true story. We actually nicknamed my car Granny. You, could, you know why we called it Granny, I'm guessing. And um, my car made noises. My car, as a matter of fact, I've never crashed in my life till today. Amen. But one day I was in, my, in front of my school, I was a senior in high school, and I was waiting for one of my friends to come out to give him a ride home, and a car was backing up, and one of my friends, I was saying, hey, he's going to hit you, he's going to hit you, and, and I just didn't even move. He just hits my car, and then he drives away, and he's like, that guy just hit you. I was like, what am I going to do? I'm driving this granny car, like, hey, you made a dent, and he really did leave a dent in my car, but I was like, what am I going to do? You know, it's an 89, I had like that's leaking, and they... I used to have people in my passenger seat, and I used to go, and I used to press the thing. I mean, it wouldn't go that fast, but, and it would go, and then I would take the keychain out, out, uh, out of the key holder, and I would take the key out of the key holder, and I would pretend I couldn't break it. I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my God, get the keys, they're on the floor, and they would scream, ah, ah. Mario, you remember that car? No one remembers that car. And I used to break and break and break, and they thought that because I took the key out of the key holder, I couldn't break, and I would get the key and pretend I dropped it. Oh, my God, and I pretend I was going to hit a car. Oh, my God, we're going to cry. And then I would break right at the end. And they'll be like, why'd you do that? I used to have fun in that car. I loved that car. I sold it for $400. I put it for $500. The kid comes to my house and says, hey, your mom told me that car has a little bit of problems. I need some work. A little bit of problems. I need some work. And you're selling it for $500. You think you'll give it to $400? I said, bro, give me the money and get that car out of here. <laughs> $400. But you know, when I first got the car, I got the license, and I got so excited. I don't know what I did. I was supposed to put the license in the, in the, in the license plate holder, and I put it on top of my car, on top of the roof, and I get into the car. I, don't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I had the license plate. I didn't have my license yet. And that was horrible. Because I had the car for two weeks, for two weeks, parked in front of my house. And my mom says, you can't drive it until you're licensed. My dad remembers the story because the first time I did a license, I went to get my license, I, he made a left, and I made a left, and I came into oncoming traffic. And I got so depressed, and I got so mad. The guy goes, what are you doing? You're going to get us killed. Go back. As I'm going back, and he says, park there. And I looked at him, and I said, did I fail? He goes, what do you think? <laughs> I was devastated because I, I have a car for two weeks in front of my house, and I failed my driver's test. Because I went into oncoming traffic. Why you tell me to turn left? Well, you should know that there's a median there, and the traffic comes this way. And I said, but you told me to turn left. And I, and, and, and I failed. And I was devastated because I couldn't drive, and my car was there. I got so anxious one day. Listen to this, because I, I believe there's a spiritual meaning behind this. I got home from school one day, right? I had the license plate. I didn't have my license, but the plate on top of the car, I was supposed to screw it on. And I get in the car, and, you know, I turn it on. <laughs> It's a horrible car, but for me, it was it. Like, you know what? Who cares? My mom doesn't get home until 530. I'm not going to go into a main street. I'm going to go to my neighborhood around the back. So I drive it around. My, this is a true story. I could put my mom on speakerphone right now. And I'm driving around the neighborhood, all around. I have my windows down. I put the music down. I'm such a fool. It, it's the ugliest car. It's not even like a car worthy of driving around your neighborhood. 
And I park it back. No one, no one, no one knew what I did. Mama didn't know either. She gets home at 5.30. I was probably home by 4.30. Get back, put the car, the keys back where we belong, the car parked back. I get into the house and something hits me. Because the, when you see, I was a Christian already. When you're in Christ, um, I, know, I know it doesn't seem like it's a big sin, but understand this. In me, I'm going to reveal things openly so that I could get your life right, Regal. And out of nowhere, something hit my chest. And I said, oh, my gosh, the license plate that I just ordered that I was supposed to put in the car. So I go back outside before my mom gets there. I go outside. Oh, my God, it's on top of the car no more. So I get in the car, and I take the same. Guys, this is God. I take the same route. There's no traffic. Everyone's at work. I take the same route in my back streets of my house, where we used to live on 18th Street. And I used to, I used to go through my back streets, and I went, like, looking at the floor. I was like, how did that disappear? Literally five minutes ago, it was nowhere to be found. So you know what I have to do, right? I got to have a talk with mom when she gets home. Mom, I got to talk to you. What? Mom, I promise you. I drove my mom crazy. <laughs> I drove around the neighborhood. What? Mom, the back streets. What do you mean, Rigo? Are you crazy? Mom, I lost the license plate. Let me explain to you something. Because you see, I did something that I wasn't really licensed to do. Come on. Come on. This might be your vehicle. New life might be your vehicle. But new life doesn't license you. The spirit of Christ is what gives you your license. You can have 100 meetings with me. I don't have no power to license you. I can marry you, but I don't have no power to... I could officiate your marriage. I'm married already. But I don't have no power to license you. The Spirit of Christ has the power to license you. All I do functioning without his license is get myself in more danger, in more trouble, in more meetings that I should never get into, in more conversations that I should not get into, and say, Mom, I lost a license plate because I went out of your order, and I went and I drove around the neighborhood when I should not even got into the car in the first place, and I should not even thought about it, but I started to think about it because I'm kind of like Adam and Eve when I walked by the tree and I saw the fruit, and the fruit was good to my mind, and then I went up to the tree and I said, Oh, this is really not a bad tree. It's not even a bad idea. If you drive around the neighborhood, it's really not going to cause any harm. So what I do, I took the fruit, Mom, and I bit it, and I just walked up. I'm just like Adam and Eve. Anyone can relate? It wasn't a big deal. What's the big deal? No one's going to know. I'm not going to crash. I'm going five miles per hour on the neighborhood with my music loud and my windows down. It's not a bad idea. But let me tell you something. Anytime you are disobedient to God, it's a bad idea. The license doesn't mean anything if it's not given to you by the Spirit of Christ. And that's what Paul is telling the church. The Lord is the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The veil's been removed so he could see and reflect his glory. And he's going into this, to this spiel here of what the Spirit has done to us. And I get what Paul is saying. That we now have liberty. We now have a license. We now have freedom. Listen, we now have the goal, the direct pass to what? What do we have a license for? Paul answers it in this text. To reflect the glory of the Lord and to be changed into his image. I've been licensed to be free in the image of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that Satan can do about it. Satan could come at night 
and remind me of the things I used to be and do. But I'm going to remind him that in my wallet, I carry a license given by Jesus. And I'm transformed into his image. Man. And that's what Paul is saying in this text. Man, there is nothing that separates us. There is nothing that enslaves us. Church, listen to this. Don't get distracted, whatever you do. But we are licensed to be free in Jesus and to share in his glory. And there is nothing better than this license of freedom that is in Christ. I'm going to go to verse 7 and on. Verse 7 says this. Man, this is so good. I could just stay on that, but I can't. It says, the old way which laws etched in stones led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with glory of God, even though the brightness was already what? (laughs) Was already fading away. Can I ask you guys a question? You've ever enjoyed a good moment in life? Have you ever been on a cruise? I hope this never ends. And day seven comes so fast and it ends. What is the worst part of the cruise? If you've been on a cruise, you know this answer. When you're walking away from the cruise and you're seeing the people what? It's the worst feeling of the cruise. It's the worst feeling. You're walking with your bags like this, sunburned. And those people are pale and they're walking in like this. And we're like... Is the cruise that depressing? No, it's that you're going in and I'm leaving it. It's faded for me and it's your reality now. What am I trying to say? That there is nothing good about great things fading away. It's it's a horrible feeling, isn't it? There's nothing good in it. What we have now in our liberty, though, what Paul is telling us, though, see, what we have now in our freedom in Christ, because we've been licensed through his spirit, that stuff never fades away. What? Yeah, it's like going into the boat and saying, it lasts forever. What? Yeah, I never come off the boat. You have to. Not in Jesus. You mean that once you're in Christ, you're always with Christ? Absolutely. I'm on the boat forever. And nothing's taking me off the boat. And that's what Paul is saying. Look at verse 8. He says this. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? Yes or no? Come on. Talking about Jesus here. Yes or no? Jesus. Through Jesus, we should expect a far greater glory. Look what he says next. Now that the Holy Spirit is giving what? Once you were given what? Once you were given what? Death. Now you are given what? Life. So here's my notes. Very simple. Should write it down. Ready? Expect far greater glory under the license. If you're living in Christ, there is a license in freedom, and in his freedom, there's a far greater glory. Let me tell you what I mean. Ready? I will never exchange my highs that I have for Christ and the highs I had in this world. You could take that and interpret that however you want. I could care less. And I mean it probably in every way that you interpret it. I'll never exchange my high in Jesus for the highs that I had in this world. Why? Because the highs in this world always had me going back for more highs. But the high that I have in Christ never fades away. It lasts forever. And how would you get that? The Holy Spirit has licensed me. To what? To freedom. How? Because Christ died to set us free, calling us to live free. He's given us a license, Paul says. Verse 9 says, if the old way which brings condemnation. You've ever been around condemnation? You've ever condemned yourself? 
I'm not good enough. I'm not going to make it. I'll never be there. I'll never be that person. I can never sing like that. I can never preach like that. I can never talk like that. I'll never be able to show someone my story. I would never, ne- condemnation, defeat, 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 defeat. You've ever been around someone that condemns you? Sometimes they could condemn you in a godly way. You know, with godly language, condemnation, condemnation. Look what it says in verse 9. If, if the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, yes, here's Moses and he would come down and man, his face would shine. But remember this, though it would shine, it would fade away. How much more glorious, look what he says, is the new way. I want to stop there as I keep reading verse 9. Because what Paul is saying here is this, ready? There is a far greater glory in the freedom of Christ than those before Christ would have ever received before. So when we are in Christ now, there's a far greater glory. Watch what he says next. Which makes us right with God. I told you what happens when Jesus died on the cross. A veil was torn. Why? To make us now right with God. We now went from enemies of God to what? Children of God. We've been what? Alienated to what? Accepted. What does that mean? He's made us right because there's a greater glory. Verse 10. In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all. So now Paul's like, wait a minute. Are you contradicting yourself, Paul? He's like, no, I'm just going to prove myself for a moment. The first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. You know what I wrote? I put new way slash license slash freedom slash liberty. So now when I read it, I read it this way. Ready? The first glory was not glorious at all with the overwhelming glory of the license that has been given to me, the freedom that has been given to me, the liberty that has been given to me. Verse 11, so if the old man which has been replaced, how many of you in Christ, the old man has been gone? And if that old man was glorious, how many of you are like, man, I used to have so much fun back in the days. I used to bask in things back in the days. Or, man, look at the, whatever. Look what he says here. So the old way, which has now been replaced, was glorious. How much more glorious now is the new, which remains forever? I I like this verse, verse 11, because what he's doing is he's tying it together with verse 7. He is confirming to verse 7. Because verse 7, he talks about there was a lot of the way that was fading away. And then in verse 11, he says, but there's a new way which remains forever. It does not fade away. So he's confirming verse 7 and 11 are united. And then in verse 12, he says, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Look at verse 13. We're not like Moses. Say, I'm not like Moses. You'll see why in a second. Who put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the glory. No, Moses. Show them the glory so then some things could die in their lives. Don't hide the glory. Come here. We're never called to hide the glory of Christ. How many of you could say amen? Never. Even though it was destined to fade away. Verse 14 says, but the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read... The same veil covers their minds, Israel's minds, so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Jesus Christ. (laughs) So if you're in this place and you're like, there's something that's separating me from God, here's the answer. That separation, that veil can only be removed today if you take a stand and you hold fast and you get rooted in the liberty of Jesus Christ your Lord. It's believing in Jesus that what? Breaks the separation between you and the fullness of God. Do you want to know why the Jewish people who say that they're the special people of God, but yet they're separated from God? The reason why they're separated from God is because they don't accept the fullness of God. And if you can't accept Jesus, you can't accept the fullness of God. That's what Paul is saying. Praise God that we accept Jesus. 
And we accept the Holy Spirit. And we accept the Father. So the triune God lives within us. And in that, there is freedom. And then verse 15 says, yes. Even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil. And they do not understand. You know what I wrote down right after I read that? I wrote this down. We are not like them. You should write that. We are not like them. You know why we're not like them? Because of our liberty that is in Jesus. Everyone should write this down. We are like him. We are not like them. We are like him. Can you say that to yourself right now? I am not like them. I am like him. And that's who we are. We are like Christ. What does this mean? That we are licensed to be free. I'm going to end with one passage. See, when we are living in this liberty, when we are living in this license, listen to what I'm about to tell you because I believe this is a very powerful moment for many of you. Listen to this. All hell can be breaking loose. (laughs) Paul and Valerie gave a testimony up here. Listen to what I'm about. You know what? I'm glad that you share what you shared today. When, when you have been licensed to be free, when you are living in this liberty, when you are living in this truth that I'm preaching today, all hell could be breaking loose in your life like you just shared was breaking loose, right? What did the doctor say? Hey, someone else needs to go talk to that young couple because I don't think they understand that their child might not make it, right? No, they understood. But what the doctor didn't understand was that they're not bound by their words, that they have a freedom in Christ who they believe in. So there's a difference there in philosophy. There's a difference there in the spiritual man. There's a difference in all aspects of their walk with Christ compared to their walk with whatever they're walking with. Now watch this, watch this. All hell could be breaking loose, but our desire will always remain on the future glory that awaits us when we live in this license of freedom. You've ever been around a Christian for a long time? Real quick, their conversation goes from what? From whatever you guys are talking about to very soon they start talking about what? I can't wait to be in heaven. What the heck is it with you and always talking about heaven? Because there's something about a believer that though they live in all kinds of stuff and even stuff that it might be considered all hell breaking loose, there is still something in them that is focused on what awaits them above, on the future glory of heaven. If you were to ask me, what are the, what, man, you must be so excited about your daughter coming. I am. You must be so excited moving to your house. I am. You must be so, I'm excited about all those little things, I guess. But really gets my heart pumping is when my mind goes off on one of those tangents. And I start to think about, soon and very soon, I am going to see the king. Soon and very soon, I am going to see my king. Soon and very soon, I am going to see my king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm going to see my king. That's the difference between those who hold the license. Things, people are getting shot at. People are getting killed. Money is getting flushed down the drain. 
the prices are going up. I mean, this earth is getting very difficult to live in. But the righteous stand up boldly. And there's something different about us. And what's different about us is that we do not live in this world to stay in this world. We live in this world for a moment to enter a future glory that awaits us. So when all things might be breaking loose, the one who is licensed to be free awaits future glory. And the reason being because we're not bound. Listen to this. We are not enslaved to what lies here on earth. How, for how many of you is that true? You're not enslaved to what lies here. Come on. It, it, it tickles your heart, right? I wish I lived in a bigger house, but deep down inside, you don't care about the bigger house. Is that anyone in here? I wish I had that car. But deep down in your heart, you don't really care about that car. I wish I had a family like that. Come on, deep down in your heart, there's something greater, isn't there? The future glory that awaits you. That's what the license of those who live in Christ feel. It's, I, I live for something beyond this stuff. I'm not bound, I'm not enslaved to what lies here on earth, but I am free, and in my freedom, I anticipate what awaits me in future glory. Come on. So Romans, Paul says this in Romans 8, 18 through 23. Do not miss this. I'm going to read it, and as I read it, catch the revelation. Ready? Chapter 8, verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. You know what that's saying, right? Those who really have the license. Many flash things around. But everyone that's flashing stuff is not really a child of God. This is, this is an elect of a few people. This is a, a people that have what? Have what? Have what? Stand firm, hold on to, and be rooted in the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. There are many who say, well, I'm in Jesus, but they let go of the baton. I'm talking about what Paul is talking about in Galatians. Stand firm. Hold on to it. Be rooted in. Those are the children of God. <laughs> Come on, children of God. Hold on to it. Why should you hold on to it? I feel like there's a future glory. There's the image of Jesus coming. I'm going to be in that thing. We suffer now, it's nothing compared to the glory that is revealed. All creation is waiting eagerly for the future of the ones when God reveals who his real children are. Okay, verse 20. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward. I love how every inclination of a Christian looks forward, looks forward, looks up, looks forward, looks up, looks forward, looks up, never looks down, never looks back. Everything is forward and up, forward and up, forward and up. Our faith should look like this. Not like this. You look crazy doing this. Huh? You're not called to walk like this. You're called to do this. What looks more normal to you? What looks more normal to you? Wait. What looks more normal to you? What looks more normal to you? Or, or, or. looks more normal 
You know what happens when I look back? I run into things. You know what happens when I look down? I miss what's happening. But when I look forward, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I don't run into things. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom. Glorious what? Liberty. Glorious what? Freedom. What? License. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious liberty, glorious freedom from death and decay. I love my gray hairs. Really, you're not going to tint them? Tint them? I love these gray hairs. Because when I look at the mirror and I stroke it, one day closer to Jesus. My dad's closer to me. I'm jealous of him. Look at his beard, man. It's all white. You know, when you're in Christ, I look at his beard and I'm like, oh my God, my dad's getting old. I'm like, oh my God, my dad. He knows Jesus now. It's one day closer. I'm one day closer. I'm one day closer. My body preaches to me that I'm one day closer. Why do you think like that? I'm licensed to be free like this. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be bound. I don't have to put on the harness of sin anymore. I don't got to let go of. I could stand in Christ. I could hold on to Christ. When everyone else is partying, when everyone else is doing other things, when everyone else feels like they're really free, but what they really are is bound to sin. I desire, I long for to hold on to Jesus, the liberty that he's given me, and await my future glory that is found in him. I'm going to look what? Forward and up. I'm done with looking down and back. Come on, church. That's who we are. The new King James says it this way, because of creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And verse 22 and 23, and I end. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Go hang out with my wife today for lunch. Oh man, she's groaning, man. She's there. She's 35 weeks, but she's there. Everywhere she goes, oh. I sit down with her. Oh. She lays in bed. Oh. She goes the other way. Oh. I hear her all night, all day. What is she doing? Groaning. Oh. Oh. I bet you right now, if you walk into that room, all of us, I should do that. But then our kids will go nuts. If we were to go in there, my wife is sitting on the floor, probably going, and you know what? She's taking care of your kids. That's an awesome person right there. But she's taking care of your kids, and she's probably doing this while she's taking care of your kids. Oh, I bet you anything. That's what she's doing right now. And you know what? It's like that with Christians. We live here. We're going, ah. Oh, but we also have a joy. Because my wife, you might look at her like, are you miserable? No, I'm actually filled with joy because this is coming soon. I can't wait to meet her. But in the process... Can any Christian relate to that? Oh, I'm filled with joy. Don't get me wrong. But there might be a day where I might not have a smile. I might have a little... Why? Because I'm groaning. Why? Because of what's ahead. I want it to come already. I put on the news. You want to know what I do when I put on the news? I hang out with some people that are are in this world lost. And I hang out and I hear their story. You know what I do? Why? Because I'm longing for this to come forward already. It's not because I'm miserable, it's because I'm filled with joy and I'm longing for this. But we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, huh? Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us. Did you catch that? 
you go, oh, even while having what? The Holy Spirit in you. So don't give me that stuff about you always going, hey, how do you do? I love you. God bless you. Everything's good. Fine dandy. I'm living on the mountaintop. That's not true. The Bible says that even Christians go, oh, while the Holy Spirit lives within them. So there are ups and there are downs in life. So if you're having a down right now, come and join us. We're going to experience that downer with you. But don't worry about it. There's also an upcoming. There's a groaning inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives within you as a foretaste of the future glory. Come on, everyone. Touch it. Touch it and go, ah, feel it inside of you. Oh, there's a future glory. And because I live in this present age, I so long for what's ahead. The more I live on this earth, the more I long for the new earth, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem. Why? Because I've been given a license to be free. Man, I feel like preaching for another hour. I'm not though. We too, we wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights. You've been given a license now, but there's going to be a day where you will enter and you will say what? That license, come here. That license, what does your license say? State of what? State of what? There's going to be a day when your license will not be restricted to the state of Florida. Your spiritual license, all rights are now given to you. You're changing your license from Florida to the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Ah. Come. 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 I feel the Holy Spirit. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights. Get rid of that license and say, full rights now, baby. It's going to be that day. As his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. Do you know you've been promised a new body? How many of you are excited for that? It's awesome. Because you guys think probably I make up stuff up here, right? Look at my notes. it up. After I read the whole passage, there's my notes. Can you see it? Yes! No, I didn't, it's not, that's not yes. That's yes, yes, yes! That's what I wrote in my notes. Yes, yes, yes. I don't even have notes to share now. I, it's just yes, yes, yes. I can't wait. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm groaning for the future glory. I'm blinding some of you. Okay, I'm such a kid. Yes. Licensed to be free. I ask you to stand with me. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Hey, with every eye closed, there is—is is there someone here that that feels they have that veil, and um, you just need prayer? Is there someone that, with every eye closed, put a little bit more light on, just a little bit more? With every eye closed and you and God right there where you're at. If not, we're going to just pray. And I believe God is doing a work inside of you right now. But if there's anyone in here today that as we were speaking, you know that that was you. That that veil, that that separation has to, it's done. It's got to be over and you got to come to believe in Christ. You got to come to to be licensed in freedom. If that's you and that, that really triggered you. Guys, I'm talking about you're taking that step of faith right now. Is that anyone in here that that was you? specifically for you. I want to make sure I don't end the service while praying for you. If that's you and you need that, 
right there where you're at, just let me know. Just raise your hand or start walking up here. Anyone, anyone. If not, we'll end in prayer. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for this awesome day you've given us. Because I know that you've given us here, your believers, wherever we're at in life, a liberty, a freedom. Here we are tomorrow. And we're about to celebrate 4th of July. We're going to celebrate our freedom as a, as a nation that goes back hundreds of years. But Lord, there is a greater freedom in the spirit that we've licensed to be free. And we thank you because in that freedom now, I, I live in this sanctification. I, I live in this newness, Lord. I'm not perfect, but I'm being perfected. I haven't achieved it all, but I am achieving some. Yes, the Holy Spirit lives in me, but there's also a groaning inside of me. And I know that I await the future glory. I know there's a freedom. So, Lord, I thank you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. I know you've spoken this word to your people today. I know you know them more than any of us can know each other. And you know their deepest parts. I pray that they will go back to the podcast, go back and listen to it if they need to. But that their lives would be transformed by the truth of your word. Thank you for your freedom. Thank you for your liberty. Thank you for giving us the license to be free that we no longer have to wear the, the harness of sin. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And as we celebrate freedom tomorrow, we celebrate freedom in Christ right now and for the rest of our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on. Give them all the glory. Give them all the praise. Give them all the honor. God bless you, new life. See you Wednesday.